his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! God is good. You know, there's a lot going on in the country today, isn't there? Isn't it exciting? I remember I used to tell Pastor Dave when all this crazy stuff would happen, I go, ooh, we live in exciting times. He says, Ron, oh, kids can go. Kids can leave. Bye-bye. <laughs> Not that I don't love the kids, because I don't care if they're in here. They can make noise. I don't even hear them. But uh, I used to tell Pastor Dave, man, isn't it great, all this stuff going on? And he'd look at me and be like, whatever you say, Ron. You know? Because, you know, when you think about it, God has chosen us to be the end time saints. God has chosen us to finish the task. Amen. You know, and as I've been reading, because, you know, I, I, I read that book, The Harbinger 2, I've been telling you about, and I really would encourage you to get it and read it. Get it and read it. Get it on, get it on your Kindle. Get it on your iPad. Get it on your phone. Just get it and read it. Because the historical content that's there that explains things that have happened since the Mayflower came to, to now, the things that have been said and been done, and you'll start getting an understanding. And as I was um, praying even uh, last night, just kicking back, just relaxing, and, and um, I was reminded of Isaiah 6. And Isaiah 6 Well, let me read the, let me just read the whole thing. It's not my message again, you know, so just. <laughs> in the, it was the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe oh, filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they were calling out to each other, holy Holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over, I'm doomed. For I'm a man who is, I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I've lived among people with filthy lips. Yet I see the king, the Lord of heaven's armies, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and he said, see this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. And he said, yes. Go and say to this people, this is what I want you to capture right here. Because this seems like what's happening in the world right now. Listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts, and, and turn to me for healing. Then I said, Lord, how long will this go on? And he replied, until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, and the whole country is a wasteland. 
until the Lord has sent everyone away. The entire land of Israel lies deserted. If even a tenth, a remnant, survive, it will be invaded again and burned. But as a terebinth or oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. But as I read that, it just when it, when it talks about the um, listen carefully but do not understand, watch closely but not learning, harden the hearts of these people, plug their ears and shut their eyes. When you look at America today and you look at what's going on and you ask yourself, over and over again, how can this be happening? This is not the America I grew up in. This is not what I imagined happening. This is not what I can see happening in my life. It's very clear right here. People do not understand and they're learning nothing and they're hardening their hearts. That's what's going on. That's what you see. People don't have the ears to hear. They don't have the eyes to see. Even though they're looking, it seems like they're paying attention to what's going on. They're not paying attention with their spiritual eyes or their spiritual ears. They're hearing in the flesh, and, and that's where it's stopping, in the flesh. So that's a lot of what we see going on in America today, in the world today. And so um, that's where we're at, I believe. And that's what we got to deal with. That's what we've got to contend for, amen? That God would give them eyes to see. Because listen, the word of God tells us to watch. We need to watch. We need to be watchful. And so I, I just challenge you to open up your spiritual eyes as you're looking at things and, and hear what the spirit is saying, not what the news media is saying. Because you can get caught up. You can watch, you know, Fox News, Newsmax, CBS, NBC, ABC. I don't care. You can watch all those news things, all that's going on. But what is the Spirit of God saying to you? Amen? And I do know this. He's telling you not to be afraid. Not to be afraid. Do not fear. Whatever, whoever is our president come January at that inauguration, do not be afraid. Amen? Stand strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen? Let him comfort you. Let the Holy Spirit comfort you. Let him guide you and direct you. Amen? All right. Now let's get into the message today. Number, well, I was going to say number one, but number one slide, the title of our message is, Why do we, why we need to love? Everybody say love. love. You need to love people. Amen? This past week was Veterans Day. Can I get a big hand for all the veterans? <laughs> God bless you. Thank you so much for your service. Praise God for all the military, all that are serving, that have served. Amen. You know, um, I looked up this week the oath of a person entering into our armed forces, the oath that they have to make. And I'm sure you made this oath uh, at one point. And it, it says this. You ready? It says... I, and then you state your name, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, so help me God. Remember that one? Anybody else that was served in the military? Oh, yeah, that's right, my brother David. Over here, okay, praise God. And then for the National Guard, it goes like this. 
I state your name, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and of the state of California against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to them, that I will obey the orders of the presidents of the United States and of the governor of California and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to the law and regulations, so help me God. That's the commitment that they had to make. That's the oath that they made to go into the armed forces. And, and just this week, because of Veterans Day, there was a lot going on about, a lot stuff posted about Normandy that I read. And uh, I want to share with you a few things about that invasion. The Normandy invasion consisted of 5,333 Allied ships and landing craft embarking nearly 175,000 men. The British and the Canadians put 75,215 troops ashore. And uh, the Americans put 57,500 for a total of 132,715, of whom about 3,400 were killed or missing in contrast to the 10,000 they thought. The gate would come down on that boat and they would, they would all have to get off and go ashore under machine gun fire. You've seen the movies about that. That gate would come down and the bullets would be flying and they'd take off, they'd jump into the water and they'd head for the shore. And many were killed and wounded right there. The first U.S. Army accounting for the first 24 hours in Normandy tabulated 1,465 killed, 1,928 missing, and 6,603 wounded. The after action report of the U.S. 7th Corps ending the 1st of July showed 22,119 casualties, including 2,811 killed, 5,665 missing, 79 prisoners, and 13,564 wounded, including paratroopers. What a time. They were fulfilling their oath. They were fulfilling their duty, their commitment that they made to the President of the United States. And here we are today, speaking English and not German, because of them because these men were willing to jump off that boat and go and charge the shores. Because of them fighting for us, we have this freedom in America to gather together, to assemble, amen, to come together and to praise the Lord, to not have to be in hiding, to not have to, um, you know, we're even live casting right now. We welcome all of you online today. We're glad that you're with us, amen. We can do that in America. Now, there's plenty of places in the world that you can't do that. But they took an oath much in the same way as we do as a Christian. We take an oath to believe in Jesus, to give him our lives, and for him to move through us. We surrender our lives to Jesus, and we say, here I am, Lord, use me. Much in the same way that in the book of Isaiah, he said, who can we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. And you know, Bob, a lot of people will get passionate, and they'll say, oh, they'll get excited in their service, and they'll say, oh, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. And then the next day, you say, okay, will you go? And they're like, well, you know, I, I don't know about that. I, you know, I, that might require a little something of me. 
Now we take an oath to believe in Jesus, amen, and for us to obey his every command to the point that we can storm the beach, amen, that we're storming the beach where the enemy is and that we're taking back what the enemy has stolen, amen. That's what God is calling us to do, not that we just sit back and say, oh, wow, look what the enemy's doing. No, let's put on the gloves, let's fight. Blunt is a fighter, I'm telling you, man. We used to fight so much when we were younger. Fun fight, you know? <laughs> she loved wrestling fight, man. She, was, she loves a good old fight. Not fist fight, but, you know, she liked to wrestle. We just had so much fun, huh? Now I'm older, so she takes it easy on me. <laughs> we're the body of Christ, amen? We've been left for the task to provide for the coming of the Lord. It's our end time now. It's our task now to prepare for the coming of Jesus. We're the army, Scott, that's got to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. We're the ones that Jesus said, hey, for such a time as this, Jake, you've come into the world to prepare for the coming of the Lord. What are you doing with it? We're here. And we're to love others into the kingdom of God because number one today, number one, it is our duty. It is our duty. First John chapter four, verse 11. It says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. Like I said, leave the world out of it. We got to get it down as a church. We got to stop talking bad about pastors we don't agree with. We got to stop talking bad about other churches. We've got to start, as the body of Christ, we've got to love one another. Amen. You can't be in the room today and say, well, I love Pastor Ron, but I hate Delanda. I know that would never happen. It'd probably be the other way around. I love Delanda, but I, I hate Pastor Ron. <laughs> well, you, you can't do that and be a child of God. You can't say, well, I... I love everybody that goes to my church, but I don't know about that church. No, you can't be that way. We ought to love who? One another. We ought to love everybody, amen? We have to learn to love. And it's our duty to learn that. You know, there's a lot of commandments in the New Testament, a lot. There's over 200 commandments. This is one of them. This is a commandment. This isn't a, this isn't a if you feel like it kind of thing. This is a commandment. Love one another, amen? In, you know, John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, Jesus promises another helper. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's Jesus talking. If you love him, keep his commandments. If you love him, then you're gonna love others, amen? You're gonna, you're gonna fulfill your duty. And you know, I, I know this. Um, every day that I grow closer to the Lord, it does not feel like a duty and it's not hard to do because, you know, I've had people talk bad about me. I've had people say things about me and, and, then, and then come back to me and said, hey, I've said things about you. Yeah, I know. Because listen, it comes back to me. <laughs> but people tell me. <laughs> so I, I, I know. And, they, and I said, I don't care. And they look at me kind of stunned. I'm like, I, I don't care that you've talked bad about me. I'm just going to love you. The timing is short. We can't be worried about what other people say about us, amen. 
My job is to love. My job is to keep the commandments of the Lord. That's my role, amen, as a believer in Jesus. Not just as a pastor, as a believer in Jesus. My role is to love people. That's your role. I know there's people that you don't like. I know there's people you don't get along with, but you've got to figure it out how to love them. But let's take, take a minute to look at what it means to love. I, I've been talking about how we need to go out and love, 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 but let's, let's define what that looks like today. What does it look like to love other people? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the Message Bible. Love never gives up. You may have them people in your life that you said, oh, I just got to give up on them. No, let's, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Well, that's a really good one, isn't it? Doesn't fly off the handle. How many of you ever fly off the handle? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. <laughs> Confession time. I, I, I keep telling people I'm going to put in a confessional so we can just get it all done, you know. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of sins of others. Now that's a, you know, back up, please. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. That's a good one for everybody that's married. Okay? Because that means you're not keeping track of the wrongs. You're not, you know, well, when you remember when you did this and, and you remember when you did that? You know, for me, I say no. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's like when I ask God for forgiveness, it likes he erases my brain. You know, I don't remember that I've done these things, so no. Um, and I can't keep score, so. Uh, don't keep score, especially in your marriage, amen? Don't keep score of wrongs done to you. Okay, all right, Maggie, go on. Doesn't revel when others grovel. You know, you don't, you're not all joyful when bad things happen to other people. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. That's all we want, right? We want the truth. The truth, amen? And then puts up with anything. Ooh, that's a strong one right there. Puts up with anything. And then trust God always. Always looks for the best. Are you looking for the best? You know, Delonda would say, look for the gold in people. Because everybody's got some gold. Sometimes you just got to dig through some dirt to get to the gold. Look for the gold. Look for the best in people. Amen? Look for the best in them. And then never looks back. Let go of the past. Let go of people's mistakes. Let go of wrongs done to you. Amen? Let go. Don't look back. But keep going to the end. And when is your end? When you either pass or Jesus comes. Keep on loving. Amen? Shine for the Lord. Amen? So that's, that's how he's called us to love. And always remember, number two, God loved us when we were unlovable. How many of you know that you were unlovable at one point? 
I mean, I'm sure Delonda had a hard time loving me when I was younger. I was pretty rowdy. But God loves us when we're unlovable. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. And this is one of my favorite passages. And it says, for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. And right here, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by his life. Amen? Jesus, knowing the sins that we would commit, the things that we would do, he still, 2,000 years ago, went to the cross and he died for each one of us, knowing the wrongs we would commit. He'd say, I love Jake enough that I'm going to die for him. That you could be saved by his life that we could be saved by his life. If that's not love, I don't know what it is. Amen? There's no greater love than the Bible says to lay down your life for another. And that's an American soldier. You know, I, I didn't know Jose when he was in the army. You know, I, I didn't know David when he was in Vietnam. You know, I, I didn't know any of you guys that you went to battle to protect the freedom in this world. And um, Jesus came and he died so that the world, what? Could be saved. That's the idea. And there's no greater love than that. John 15, 13, it declares it. It says, greater love is no one than to lay down his life for one's friend, for his friends. So what do we do with this? How do we handle it? What is our responsibility with this? And why is it our responsibility to share the love of God with others? Number three, God dwells in us. He dwells in you. You know, if you go and you, you read, um, well, 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, it says, seeing God through love, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides where? In us. And his love has been perfected in us. He does not dwell in this building. It doesn't matter if we're in this building, if we're in the parking lot, if we're in your home, wherever. That's where God goes, amen? Because why? He's in you, Liz. So he's gonna go everywhere you're gonna go. He's gonna hear what you hear. He's gonna see what you see because when you make a commitment to Jesus, he goes with you, amen? He dwells in you. You are now the temple of the living God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the temple. <laughs> amen. And he dwells in us. God can't be contained by this building. He never will. And, you know, when you go back and you read in the Old Testament, you know, he's like, hey, I never asked you to be, build me a temple. I never asked you to build me a building. God was okay with not having a temple because God is, is 
omnipotent, omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. Amen. God is all around us. He's in Bob. He's in Jake. He's in Liz. Amen. He is in us. First, I mean, John chapter 14, you get down into verse 17. He says, Jesus is talking. He says, you know, the Holy Spirit who was with you and will now be where? In you. He'll be in you. He's in you. He's in you. You're never alone because he's in you. Amen? My, our, my brother's Danny in the hospital right now. He's with Danny. Amen? He's right there with him. You know, I, I, I love that Jesus says that no one can snatch us out of his hand. No one can snatch us. But I do believe this. I believe you can jump out of his hand. No one may be able to snatch you out of his hand, but you can slide yourself right on out of there by changing the way you live. You've got to make sure that he dwells in you and you've got to make room for him to reign in your life today, amen? He's got to be on the throne. He's got to be the one that's given direction. He's got to be the one that we're obeying, amen, that we're following. And out of that, you will love others, amen? We'll, we'll, and we'll start extending ourselves to others to show them the love of God. Because that's what has to happen. People need to know the love of God. And the only way that they're going to see it is through you, Victoria, if you start showing them the love of God. Through you, Mr. Rory, that you start showing the love of God. And it flows out of you. That the love of God just be poured out through you. Poured in and out. That is perfected in you. That his love's perfected in you, Renee, so that as it's coming in, it's flowing out. And people just say, oh man, I can't wait to be around Renee. She's so peaceful, she's so joyful, she just loves people. And that's what they'll start declaring. And as we start doing that, number four, God's love is perfected in you. It's perfected in you. We need his love perfected in us because as his love gets perfected in us, we sang that song, Liz, you know, he asked us to humble ourselves, you know, more of him, less of us, more of him. So when, as his love's perfected, more of him and less of us gets revealed so that we stop saying those dumb things. We stop, how many ever say dumb things? I, yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I'm working on it though, not saying the dumb things. But God's love is being perfected. Verse, 1 John 4, 12, it declares, see, no one is seeing God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. So, you know, there's a measuring stick on how we know if God's love has been perfected in us. This is how you know. That his love is in us. That his love, if we love one another, if we love one another, God's love abides in us. If we love one another, there's a measuring stick. Right there, if we love one another, God's love abides in us. Now, if we don't love one another, then, it, then the love of God is not in you. Now just think for a minute, who don't you love? We gotta get that one right. Amen? That's how you know if his love's perfected in you. So how does it get perfected in you? Usually by trial and error. As I said last week, that unloving person comes to you and it's in your life and you learn how to love them. You learn how to, to help them. You learn how to encourage them, amen? God's love protected, being perfected in us 
Um, and all fear of being vulnerable to others goes away. See, a lot of times we don't want to make ourselves vulnerable to other people because we're afraid of what they might say, what they might think. So we hold back and we don't open ourselves up because we have that fear because, you know, you get hurt by somebody that loves you. And so you don't open up. You don't allow yourself to be vulnerable to others that have hurt you. And, but as it's getting perfected, as God's love is getting perfected in you, that fear starts fading. That fear starts going away. And you stop worrying so much about that hurt and you start praying for the person that hurt you. You start interceding for them that have hurt you. You start crying out to God for them. You start really loving them with the love of God. And you really start making a difference in the world around you, amen? And the, and the key to it all is, is that God's love is unconditional. Just think about how he loves you. Think about all that you've done, all that you do, and God still loves you. And that's where he's taking us. So we, we've got to allow the hurts and the pains in our life to, to fade as his love's perfected in us. And we've got to love people. You're so quiet today. I think I'll just take a little bit more time. <laughs> See, God understands human nature. And yet he loves us anyways. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's how great his love is. We, we need to take note and stop being afraid, like I said, of being hurt. Because God has got us in the palm of his hand to protect us. Amen. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to open yourself up. He loves you so much that he wants to be your protector. Amen. A cloud by day, a fire by night. That's what he gave Israel. That's what I pray over myself. That's what I pray over you. In the will, you know, he gave that to him in the wilderness. He swallowed up the enemy in the Red Sea, amen. You know, what did he say to David? A thousand will fall at your left, 10,000 may fall at your right, but it's not gonna come near you. Amen, that's what I'm praying with this COVID stuff. You know, we gotta get rid of it, amen. I don't wanna be taking vaccines. I want it to go. I want that thing to disappear in the name of Jesus, that God just, just blow on the land. And it's gone. You are his dwelling place. Amen? You are his dwelling place. And because of that, number five, you are his dwelling place because of the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. And because the Holy Spirit's in you, you are his dwelling place. You can't run from him. You can't hide from him. He's going to go. He's not going to leave you. So, oh, I've done things. No, he's not going to leave you. Now, like I said, you may try pushing him away. You may try rejecting him. But he says what? He says... That he'll never leave you. So he's going to go where you're going to go. He's going to see what you see. Amen. He's with you always. Till when? Till the end of the earth. 
He's with you always to the end of the earth. Amen. God is always, he's ever present. When you say that prayer and you invite and you surrender him and you make that commitment, whoo, he's in you. He says, okay, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave. Now, you may not listen. You may not obey. and Your heart may get hard towards him and you may want to shut off his voice. You may, but he says, I'm not going to leave because he's always there. He's always there. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. He's always there. So he's not leaving you. He's, he's holding on. And for some people, he's holding on for dear life inside of you. By this, 1 John 4, 13, by this we know we abide in him and he in us. But he, because he's given us the spirit. He's given us the spirit. That's how we know. He's given us the Holy Spirit whom Jesus declared um, was with us and now is in us in John 14, as I said. He's in us. He goes where we go, sees what we see. And that's how you know you're in Christ. If you're in Christ, amen? The Spirit of God dwells in you and you know him. You know him. Even, you know, because I was raised in church, but there was a season where I wasn't following the Lord. But I knew he was there. And I talked to him. And he talked to me. But I would tell him, please don't come today. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not where I need to be for your coming. And I remember having them conversations with him when I was younger. When I was going through a really rowdy time in my life. And to the point that he told me, he said, we're done playing around. You get it right today. Or this is it. You won't get it right ever again. Not because of him, but because of me. He told me, your heart's going to get so hard, you won't, you won't turn. Now, we could read in the Bible of people whose heart have gotten so hard that they couldn't, I mean, they watched their own child die, the Pharaoh. And, and you know, because he just, his heart got so hard. I mean, in the boils, the flies, the frogs, the water turning into blood. He just let his heart get harder and harder and harder. The pride welled up inside of him where he couldn't let it go. And I, and I see that in people today that the pride has gripped them so hard that they can't repent. They can't, can't let it go that they got to just stay with what they're thinking, what they've declared, what they, instead of humbling themselves and saying, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I repent. I repent. I repent. See, that's what we got to get to as a nation today. We've got to come to that place that we repent and we just let it go. That we know that the Spirit of God is here to help us. The Spirit of God is in us to help us to love people like never before. And we've got to start moving out in that love. We've got to stop holding back the love of God. Amen. Do like I did earlier. Put on a mask if you got to talk to Miss Betty, huh? Put on a mask if you need her to come anoint you with oil. Who cares? But don't, don't hold back. Stop sitting back and saying, well, you know, this whole COVID thing. I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Dying? You can't die. You will never die. If you believe in Jesus, you got to get that into your heart. You got to get it into your spirit that you cannot die. You may transition your address from here to there, but you're not going to die. The revelation of who Jesus is is just going to get stronger. 
So it's going to become more evident. You're going to be in his presence 24-7. I mean, we're singing today. Oh, your presence, Lord. That's all I want. I want his presence. And I want his presence, not for a selfish motive, but so that his presence is in me to the point that I love like Jesus does. That's what I want. I want him to really continually change my heart. I want him to soften my heart. I want him to take all the hard places of my heart out. That, I, that anger, frustration, hate, not have any hold on me. I want to love. And God is calling you to it too. God's calling you to love people like never before. That you would be an instrument of love in this world. That you would reach out and you would touch people for the king of glory. Fernando, as I was looking at you, man, I know you're going in tomorrow, but the Lord just told me he shall live and not die in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Don't worry. God's got you, man. Hallelujah. God's got you. Praise Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we need your presence. We need your presence. We need you to come right now, Lord, by the Holy Spirit that is in us. And we need you to take out the pebbles in our heart today. Those hard spots. We need you to come and take out those words that people have released against us. We need your love today to just fill us. Oh, Holy Spirit. Reveal to each one of us. Just flow in this house. Take out the stones today. Lord, we don't even want a grain of sand left in our hearts. We want your healing, Lord, to just flow over us right now. And Lord, that we're so free to love. That Lord, that we win people. That we win them. Miss Betty, part of the, the healing that God has put in you is that love. And I just see you loving people into the kingdom of God. That God's going to use you just as you you're just even embrace them and the healing is going to flow through you in, in that love is going to just melt their heart. And, and it's going to draw people out of darkness. It's going to draw people into the wonderful light. 
Hallelujah. Oh, Father, just impart overflowing to my sister today, God. Let it flow from your throne, God, overflowing, Father. Let that love of God, Father, just flow in her so dynamically, Father God, that it breaks chains of darkness in the name of Jesus. Lord says, I'm going to use you to disarm people, to disarm. It's, it's like you're taking away their gun. Hallelujah. So that they can surrender to Jesus. You're going to disarm people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anton, the Lord would say the same thing for you. God wants to use you in these days ahead to disarm people, to take the, their weapons that they've been using against God. And you're going to show them weapon of the Lord, the love of God. It's going to flow through you in a powerful way because you're such a giver and you care about people. And God says, I brought you out for the love and I'm perfecting you in it right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let it flow, God, in our hearts today. Let it flow, God. We glorify you, God. Yay. I just want to pray for my two friends, Dan, in the hospital. Dan, Dan Whistler and Dan Paul. Father, I pray right now for these men of God that you touch them. You touch them with your power and your might today, God. Lord, I pray for the breath of life to come into them, that God, that Danny's lungs would be so full of breath There'd be no more room for liquid in his lungs right now. For both Dan's, God. I pray for the breath of life to fill them overflowing, that it pushes off what the enemies tried to put there in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, that your healing touch come on their lungs right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The breath of life come into them. And Father, that you just heal them. Touch them. Monica today, God. Touch Ed and Andy today. Touch Isaiah. Michaela, God, touch them today. Heal them, deliver them from this thing. Lord, let there be no fear there, God, because of your resurrection power. Let it flow right now, the healing power of God to send your ministering spirits to them right now. Yeah. Mm. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Father. Anybody say, I got a little stone or I got a grain of sand in my heart today? And you say, I just need gone. Just wave at me. I'm going to pray for you. Amen. I got, I got an honest guy, honest girl, honest, honest, honest. You know, I think we should all have our hands up because we all got a little stone. We all got something in us that we need to get rid of so that we can effectively love people. Let all prejudice go today. Father, you see, you know us. And you see what it is in each one of us. And we pray that you just take that out, God. And you replace it with your love right now in that area of our life. Let your love just come into that area, God. Bring healing to our hearts, Father that we would be released. We'd be released today, God, into your hands. And that, Lord, that as we go from this place, 
we go loving one another so that it's evident we're of God. So Lord, I, I speak healing over every person. I speak protection over every person. And I speak blessing over every person today in the name of Jesus. What do you, who needs a miracle? Susan? Mindy? Yes, Mindy does. She's laying on the floor back here. Just. <laughs> Susan will take a miracle. <laughs> oh, why, why don't you, well, you just go lay hands on your mama's back right there and I'll pray. Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray, Father God, for every muscle and tissue to be loosed on her back today in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, <laughs> Lord, that you just touch her in Jesus' name right now. As her daughter lays hands on her, God, let the power of God flow through her right now. Yeah. Let that fire just come into those muscles right now and release them in the tension in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, for Fernando. Lord, that your hand just be upon him, God. Every artery, every vein be open, 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 open in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Oh, to your design, Lord, to your design. Just fill him today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. Lord, we know that you're our healer. We glorify you, God. Yeah. Anything else? Oh. <laughs> Praise God. Mike? You need the Lord to touch you today? Okay. Okay. I need to be healed. All right. Yeah. Just let it flow, God. Let your healing, Father, just flow over him right now. Yeah. The mighty hand of God just touches mine today, touches him. Lord, that what the enemy meant for harm, you turn it around, God. Let your healing just flow through the top of his head to the soles of his feet, God.
Amen. 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 got young people that aren't sleeping right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak sleep over this young man, God. That, Lord, that his, his body would begin to respond to the day and the hour. And, Lord, that whatever that block is, we pray it down today in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, that by the Holy Spirit, you give him good sleep. Father, that he would... Uh, get rested so well, God. Yeah, just fill him today, Lord, your sleep. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen? We good? <laughs>